is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. No, no, you have not made contact with your leader. It is the replacement leader? The bullpen guy? Good old buddy Dan Bongino. Good to be back. Love filling it for Mark. Been a little while. About a month or so. Miss you guys and ladies. I just finished my other show. I've been at it all day today. I'm just just nonstop. Fox and Friends in the morning. NRATV. Right to Levin. Right to the Ingram show later. (laughs) I don't get out of the chair. I have a home studio. I don't get out of the chair all day. This is what I do. I love doing it. It's the greatest job in the world. And I always thank uh, everybody for the opportunity. But this is what I do all day. Matter of fact, I was just tweeting. Producer Steve's in today. And I'm like, listen, man, I, I got I to go wipe this makeup off my face. It was like 6 o'clock. The show's on in six minutes with the commercial. I'm like, you got a second? I got to wipe the makeup off my face. I can't help. I can't sit here with makeup on my face. I hate it. So I just got for it. And then I had to tweet out like a second ago. I'm filling in for Mark Levin. Tune in. I got a stacked show for you today. Don't go anywhere. Stacked. We're going to cover a couple things. We're going to cover the developments in the Spygate debacle, and I'm going to address this. These are three scandals in one, Spygate. Three scandals. It's not just one. I'm going to address the three scandals. Now, I was going to address another topic later, but I'm going to move it first because it's important. And the topic I'm going to hit first are the new rules. Now, some of you know what the new rules are because you listened to me before. But if you don't know what the new rules are, first I'm going to tell you why we need new rules and what the old rules were. The old rules of political discourse were pretty clear. You were a Republican, your friends were Democrats, you were liberal, your friends were conservative, whatever they may be. You guys had dinner, you played cards, whatever it may be. You'd argue over tax rates a little bit. I don't even want to say argue. You'd have a spirited conversation. You'd argue about health care. You'd say, hey, what about schools and this? And, you know, you'd eat your, your, your fried calamari at a, at a, at a dinner. You go home, you play cards, you have a couple uh, uh, cups of wine, whatever it may be. Your liberal friends disagree with you. You shake hands at the end of the night. You go, Tony, see you next week, buddy. See you, Bob. Thanks for having me over. Those are the old rules, the halcyon days, right? Everything wasn't always perfect, but it was generally accepted that you could have friends who were Democrats, Democrats who could have friends uh, could have friends who were Republicans. You guys could shake hands, pat pat each other on the back, whatever it may be, do your thing, argue a little bit, debate a little bit, spirited discussion. At the end of the day, you were friends. I remember the old rules. I remember working in the Clinton administration when I was a Secret Service agent and debating staffers about health care issues. No problem. Still worked together, liked each other, just disagreed on politics. Yeah, those days are dead. Over. Goodbye. The new rules are now in effect. Now, there are people out there who don't understand that the old rules are gone. Now, we didn't scrap the old rules. When I say we, I mean conservatives. We did not scrap the old rules. Matter of fact, whenever liberals, 
these kooks out there, whenever you want to welcome the old rules of civility back in, I am more than happy, as are my conservative friends, to openly embrace you and the old rules again. We are 100% game for that, okay? Got it? We are down. But you're not. Now, we need new rules because, and I'm not talking about all Democrats here. I want to be crystal clear. I mean that. I have a number of friends who are registered Democrats who are very good people who just disagree with me on issues. But we talk. I have neighbors who are Democrats. They're great folks. We just don't agree. I'm talking about when I say this, who's instituting and why we need new rules. I am talking about a group of radical far left kooks who have taken over portions of the Democrat Party who are interested in one thing and one thing only. And that is aggressive aggression, confrontation at every opportunity. Did you see what happened today with Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk? This is the new, I'm going to explain to you why they are the way they are, by the way, and why we need the new rules. So Candace Owens, who is a female black conservative, which only matters to liberals because conservatives don't care about the melanin component of their skin, but liberals are obsessed with it because identity politics is their thing, right? Oh, here's Fox with Adam Schiff again. I can't stand this Schiff guy. Schiff, uh, <laughs> throw that out there. But Candace Owens is having breakfast in Philadelphia with Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA, two pretty uh, prominent conservatives, young conservatives out there, and a group of liberal radical thugs. Yes, thugs, and I know you hate that word, and that's why I use it, because I simply don't care. I give exactly zero mm, about any of that. Don't care. A bunch of radical Looney Tunes thugs show up and decide they're going to throw water on Charlie, like attacking him, physically accosting the guy. And they decide they're going to get a megaphone and they're going to scream in Candace's ear. Now, what's fascinating about this and why we need new rules to deal with these violent, aggressive maniacs. What's fascinating about this whole thing is that Candace Owens happens to be black. She's sitting there, an innocent minority woman, in a restaurant having breakfast, while a bunch of white dudes and women show up with a megaphone, screaming in her ear like maniacs, while physically accosting the guy she's with, and also screaming at the minority police officers, protecting Candace Owens, who happens to be black herself. The liberals have no problem with this at all. Liberal, who will scream racist at you at the drop of a hat. At the drop of a hat. You say something like, hey, I really don't agree with this Bob Mueller. You're a racist. You're a racist. Uh, Bob Mueller's white. It doesn't matter. You're a racist. I am. Yes, you are. I, I, I get this all the time. You hate immigrants. My wife's an immigrant. It doesn't matter. One lady told me once on Twitter, an Obama for America volunteer. I'm not even kidding. You can Google this. It's like, she's just a tool for you to propagandize people. Like, oh, she, that's, you should tell her that. She'd be fascinated to know that. Liberals have no problem with this. A group of thugs with megaphones confronting a minority woman, peacefully having breakfast in a restaurant with Charlie Kirk and physically accosting him. Liberals love it. They love it. Yet Jim Acosta from CNN will whine on CNN, because people tell them CNN sucks at a rally. Listen, the solution to stopping the CNN sucks chance are to stop sucking CNN. 
If you wouldn't suck so bad, there'd be no need for CNN sucks chance. Just a tip, by the way. So Acosta's whining about people telling him how bad he sucks when he does suck. Jim Acosta. But I, I, I don't see coverage, widespread coverage, of the outbreak of aggressive confrontation and violence against conservatives out there and Trump supporters. I see it downplayed. Oh, you have to understand. The liberals are angry. So they're allowed to aggressively confront people. I'm angry. I'm angry that we got to deal with violent liberals. Until that point, the old rules are the new rules are now in effect to deal with these people. Now, let me be crystal clear on this. We as conservatives are bedrocked, and I'm serious about this, in an objective truth, right? We are. That truth for us, that objective North Star we guide ourselves by, is not government. It is not the state, and it is not state power. We bedrock ourselves in faith, family. There are some atheists who are conservatives, too, but family values. We're not, we're not perfect. We're all sinners, too. Don't mistake what I'm telling you. I'm not suggesting that because we believe in an objective truth. We always meet it. We don't. I fail all the time, so does everybody listen to this program. But being bedrocked in those objective values, conservatives have an emergency break on their behavior. We will never, should never, and should always condemn anyone who engages in this type of behavior with other people. Conservative or otherwise, it doesn't matter. And we always will. No conservative should ever do this. And they, I wouldn't. I'm not lecturing. I don't need to because we don't do this. This is exclusively the domain of the modern liberal, the aggressive, ultra-violent at times confrontation of people. We have an emergency break in our behavior. They don't. Therefore, we need new rules because we can't and won't and should never respond in kind. We can't. It's morally and ethically wrong. But we can do something. We can win. Damn it, we can win. We can win at the state level, we can win at the local level, we can win at the federal level, we can win back the courts, and we can get these people out of power. These are dangerous people. They have absolutely no limit and no emergency break. They are anti-God, anti-religion. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about this radical left. Do not mistake what I'm saying because you'll confuse the argument in the debate. These radical leftists hate everything we stand for, faith, family, freedom, all of it. Allowing these people access to power, we have already seen the damage they can do. They will take away your right to defend yourself. They will take away your right to free speech. They will take away away your right to privacy. They will take away your right to your privacy and your papers, your Fourth Amendment rights, anything they can do. They will weaponize the government against you. The new rules are winning. Winning first, all this other stuff second. And I bring this up because I'm really, really getting tired and I'm worn out dealing with this never-Trump crowd that constantly says, we need civility. We need so- you need civility? Maybe you should tell the left that as they're beating the crap out of people. Civility? Are you serious? Are you high? Civility. You're, t- you're, you're, you're getting on. Con- Their thing is we need to police the conservative debate out there. We need to police Donald Trump's behavior before he became the president. No, no, no. New rules. We don't need to do any of that. But Donald Trump, he was a playboy before he was in office. Don't care. Don't care. New rules. Hashtag. I don't care. Not one bit. 
But you're a conservative. Yep, I'm a sinner too, Daddy-O. I don't care. Not one bit. I care about one thing right now. Winning. When you want to return to the old rules of civil debate, I'll welcome it with open arms. Till then, we win, you lose. Those are the new rules. End of story. Own the libs at every single opportunity. Elections, local elections, state elections, federal elections, public debates, town halls, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you go. We win, they lose. When you want to welcome in the new rules, I'm open arms for you, bud. Until then, the new rules are in effect. All right, I got to take a break. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino, at Bongino on Twitter, in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Show Dan Bongino filling in for the great one. The new rules. I don't know any other way to say it. The new rules are in effect, folks. Until the liberals want to return to the old rules of political debate where public spaces, everybody was welcome. You could go out in a restaurant without worried about someone violently attacking you, some liberal goon. Until that time, the new rules are in effect. And the new rules are, we don't care about Trump's personal picadillos or his behavior prior. Don't care. Not interested. Hashtag don't care for all you kids who are obsessed with social media. We don't care. We don't care because you, the liberals, decided to make everything some Manichaean end-of-the-world fight. You couldn't just win, libs. You couldn't just win. You couldn't just win on social issues. You had to not only win, but you had to stick it to people. You don't want to bake a cake? We're going to bankrupt you. You don't want to sign that certificate? You're going to jail. You couldn't just win. You had to keep poking and poking and poking and poking. So now we're, we're going to institute the new rules, too. The new rules for us are we win because we can't respond the way you do, thankfully. With violence and aggression, because that's not what we do. That's what you do. That's your thing. And for, the, again, the never-Trump crowd out there, the never-Trump crowd that doesn't get it. Sorry, I was just reading the call screen out there. You get too comfortable on the air. So you notice that? Like, it's like riding a motorcycle. The most dangerous guy on the radio is the one that's too comfortable. It's the same thing on a motorcycle, right? The most dangerous guy. He's probably like, what happened? Did he go off the air? The motorcycle, you're really dangerous when you know what you're doing. It's the guy, the first timer, he's the safest guy around. He doesn't want to touch anything. But yeah, I've been doing this, so I'm like reading the calls because I'm talking. The new rules are this. We win, you lose. That's We don't care about that stuff anymore. We don't care. There's, you, there's Listen, outside of like serious crimes, there's nothing you can tell us anymore that's going to bother us. If it's personal. If it's crimes, obviously, yeah, that's stuff we would care about. Now... What's bothering me is the Never Trump crew. Because they're out there constantly insisting that we should stick to a set of like civil standards to model some behavior for the left that they're not interested in replicating. We have to be upstanding citizens on Twitter. God forbid you call them out. You can't call them out on Twitter. We can't show up at rallies and counter protests. We can't do any of this stuff. Because it'll make us look bad if we call out liberals on Twitter for being what they are, which is a bunch of big government status. Why are you assuming that they want to model 
behavior. They don't want to model behavior. They want to attack you, these radical leftists. They're do- they don't care. So the new rules are ne- therefore in effect. We don't care anymore. We care about winning. We tried to care about civil debate. You guys threw it out the window. The libs. That's your fault. That's not our fault. All right. I wanted to start on the Spygate. So there's been some crazy revelations in this case, but uh, I got kind of sidetracked with that because it's important. Folks, but listen, I, I, Mark was kind enough to let me uh, uh, plug this. I have my new book out on Spygate. I'm going to get into some more about some of the breaking news that happened over the weekend. But uh, I'd really appreciate it if you go take a look. It's available on Amazon. It's called Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald J. Trump. And it describes this whole debacle, but most importantly, the connections of all the players involved um, and the three main scandals, how they all connect to each other. I think you're going to be stunned because one of the things that's been missing in a lot of the commentary is a motive for all this. Why did a lot of the players involved outside of the obvious politics do what they did? The book describes that. It's called Spygate. It's available for pre-order on Amazon now. It's by me, uh, Dan Bongino, uh, The Attempted Sabotage of Donald J. Trump. Um, go check it out. I think you'll like it. All right, on the other side of this break. I want to break this down for you because there was some interesting information that broke over the weekend about this by Devin Nunes. There are three separate scandals in Spygate right now. There's an information laundering scandal, like money laundering with information. There's the spying scandal, and there's the setup scandal. I'm going to break them down, and it's all going to make sense to you on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. I'm Dan Bongino. Be right back. conservative fire the mark levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 all right welcome back to the mark levin show dan bongino in for the great one so i open up the show talking about the new rules are in effect we have to folks we have to focus on winning we have to stop playing these games about the you know trump and what is 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 you know, whatever is Howard Stern interviews before you get in office. Don't care. We're dealing with a group of radical leftists who have gone completely psychopathological. We need to start winning elections and prevent these people, preventing these people from getting back in power. They will weaponize government. They will do whatever they can. They worship and they have no emergency break in their behavior. They genuflect in front of the altar of state power. So, of course, I put the phone number out. If you'd like to give us a call, 877-381-3811. And we always leave a line open for libs, right, Mr. Call Screener? 877-381-3811. Conservatives will get the joke. Liberals probably won't. But that line is always open for you. (laughs) I always love when they do that. You know, they have that sounder for that. Liberals, 381-3811. All right. I rarely do this in the first hour. But let's check this out. Let's test this. Let's take a call. Let's go to Bill from Robbinsville, New Jersey. Bill, you're on with Dan Bongino. Quick question for you. Why are you liberals so violent and aggressive all the time? Go. I'm sorry. Did we run over that poor girl in Charlottesville with our car? No, don't think so. We're reading yeah, the, Bill, uh, let's... Uh, okay, pot him down a sec here. Let's read the statement from President Trump on that. President Trump declared Monday regarding Charlottesville that racism is evil. And announced that the Justice Department will open a civil rights investigation into the deadly car attack that left one woman dead. Quote, Donald Trump, to anyone who acted criminally in this weekend's racist violence, you will be held fully accountable. Justice will be delivered. 
Ah, okay, Bill, what do you got to say about that? Oh, the same guy that said at his uh, rallies. You mean the same guy who just prosecuted these people, had his Justice Department declared racism with that guy? Bill, why are you guys so violent? Bill, why are you so violent? Why are liberals so violent? Why? What's with you guys in violence? Why do you need to attack people all the time? Uh, You're gaslighting, big boy. Bill, why are... No, seriously, why are you guys so violent and aggressive? What is wrong with you? Why can't you stop spitting on people and screaming at people? What is the problem? Oh, yeah, we're the guys that ran over the poor girl in Charlotte. I just read the statement on that. Okay, you said that three times. I've read the statement. You've been entirely discredited on it. Now we can move on and talk about real stuff. I have a question. I'm serious. You called in. Why do you liberals constantly feel the need to scream like children at people, accost them in public places, throw water on them, and steal their stuff? Why do you do that? I ran over that girl. That was well, okay. We've, you've now said that for the fifth time after I've read the statement. Do you have Do you have anything of substance to talk about outside what I just debunked? Your theory that Donald Trump did nothing in response to that. Do you have anything else? Oh, Can no, you answer the question? Why liberals? Why are you guys so violent and aggressive all the time? You're wrong again. You're gaslighting, Danny. Bill, why? why just answer the question. Why are you so violent? Why can't you guys control yourselves? Danny, who's violent? You're the people. Okay, Bill, why can't you, can Bill, can you, can you publicly say, I'll give you one chance to redeem yourself after your nonsense here. Why, can you publicly say on the Mark Levin program to millions of listeners here that you as liberals, you disavow Antifa violence? I'm serious. I'm giving you, I will respect you if you do, that you think liberals should leave conservatives alone in public and we should respect their ideas and respect open debate. Can you say that? You know, just like acorn and all that. Okay, thanks. Goodbye. See you later. Chump. Goodbye. Get off the air. Goof. I only, there you go. There's this guy. That's all, that's all they got. And I know I'll get a lot of tweets and emails. I can tell her more. They'll be like, you should let them talk. Nah, sorry, not interested. Have to get a different guest host for that. I don't care. I, ju- I only bring liberals in. I'm sorry, folks, exclusively to mock them. That's my only job here. I told you the new rules are in effect. You don't have to like it. I'm just telling you these are the new rules. Liberals are only brought into the show to mock them. Not Democrats. I'll give Democrat. You're a Democrat. You want to call in and you want to debate. I'm, I'm willing to. But if you're going to call in and try to gaslight people and lie to them, I'm not interested. Let me say, take another call. Let me take one more before I get because once I get rolling on the Spygate stuff, it's hard to turn around. All right, let's take Fred in Crystal River, Florida. Crystal River, Florida, my home state, the beautiful sunshine state of Florida. Fred, what do you got for us, buddy? Well, I just want to say I think you're doing a great job filling in. Fantastic. And, Thanks, uh, buddy. Uh, what I wanted to say was um, concerning the new rules and, and the friends is I've got just a little bit of a different spin on it than you. And the fact that I just don't have liberal friends. And I guess it all depends on what your definition of a friend is. The people that are liberal that I've known a long time, especially before I knew they were liberals, those people are now acquaintances. Hmm. My friends are not liberals because liberals want to make life difficult for me. They want to change this country. They, they hate this country the way it was founded. And I'm not going to have friends that want to change my life, make my life miserable, and throw wrenches into things that are right. So I don't, I don't have friends that are liberal. 
people that I knew or know, I mean, before I knew they were liberal, those people I now call acquaintances, and I treat them different than my friends. For example, let me just give you a quick example. All right. uh, I've got a friend of mine that's uh, married to a woman that I knew before I knew him, and she's a liberal. She is one of these that watches the view and, and, and all that. Those people like her, if they were to call me and say, hey, Conrad or Fred, I need help, I'd help them. If they call up and say, hey, you want to come over for a barbecue? I'd say, well, no, thank you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Call, hey, Fred, any, I get it. Fair enough. I, I understand. I, I, have, I have friends who I, I think would categorize themselves as, as Democrats, maybe liberal. Um, I, I get it, though. I totally understand. I got to let you go, unfortunately. I got I to gotta move on with the show. But I appreciate the call. I get what you're saying. Um, I, I see the man's point, though. And hence the new rules. The new rules are we have to win and they have to lose. I mean, these two ideologies cannot exist in the same space. And what I think Fred was getting at and what I agree with him a, a, a bit on there is that you can't have an ideology where one side says you have no right to defend yourself, no right to free speech, and no right to walk out into a public space free from attack, right? And then another side, the liberals that are ultra-violent, ultra-aggressive, this radical leftist that feel the need to confront you, take away your right to defend yourself, and take away your right to free speech. Those things, they're zero-sum. They can't exist at the same time. What you give to one, you take away from the other. Now, again, I'm not talking about all Democrats. I, I, I can't say that enough. But the liberals have lost their minds in the Trump era. That's why they have to be defeated politically. They have to be. That's why I can't encourage you enough. I get it. Listen, we have some really atrocious swamp rat Republicans out there. I get it. I deal with them all the time, especially down even in Florida. We've got them. But your alternative is these, this group of ultra-aggressive goons who are going to do what they did to Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens today. This is, uh, folks, this isn't going to get any better. These people have, you understand they have no emergency break on their behavior at all? None. They have no emergency break. The radical left not only isn't a, 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 a faith and family group, they hate those things. They want people in jail who are Christians. God forbid you don't bake a cake for them. They want to put you in jail. They want to bankrupt you. They don't want to win. They want you absolutely defeated in abject poverty or in prison. These are like, like Bill. And then they want to lie about it. Oh, white supremacists. Yeah. Why, a criminal thug animal that everyone called out, including the president himself. I read the statement. But notice, notice how the left, when the leftist thugs, right? And by the way, white supremacy has no, I don't know why they associate these people with us. That's a liberal technique. Like, we, we, we're not claiming these people. But you do claim a lot of these Antifa and other folks who go out and attack people. We're not claiming them. These people are animals. White supremacists. Are you kidding me? These people are the, the, the scum of the earth. Not welcome. I, let me tell you something right now. I have never in my life been to a conservative. Uh, matter of fact, no, I take that back. I was at one where a guy got up one time at a Tea Party rally and started going down some crazy racist. He got pulled off the stage in seconds. They said, beat it. Goodbye. No, I was there. I saw it. You're not going to tell me it didn't happen. That's the only time I ever saw that. 
But you get these liberal rallies. They rally for socialism, which has only killed, tortured, and starved millions of people. They celebrate that you got Maxine Waters. Go out and harass people. Confront them. Get a crowd. This is insane. This is insane. This is so crazy. But this is where we are. This is where we are. That's why I cannot encourage you enough to respond when your friends, whatever they may be, the Democrat buddies you have in the office. Yeah, but, you know, we really object to, you know, Trump and he may have had some relationship with this woman in the past. Yeah, great. Don't care. Keep talking. Don't care. You're, you're, you're blowing carbon dioxide. I, do you understand I don't care? Not even a little bit. I care like zero. When you want to get back to character matters, whatever character counts, whatever you want to get into, fine, cool. We, we're all sinners. I can get into that conversation. Until so much is a time where you're interested in that and you stop attacking us and physically accosting us, throwing people out of public places, screaming at them with megaphones like maniacs until you want to get to, I'm not, I couldn't care any less about that conversation. You should entirely disregard it. Oh, you, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Trump and a relationship he had, uh, whatever, 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago? Two, I, I don't care. And then the conservatives, oh my gosh, you're forfeiting your family. I'm not forfeiting anything. You can take the cotton out of your ears and jam it in your mouth for a minute. I'm not forfeiting anything. I'm fighting for a president who's actually working for a pro-life agenda, putting our own money back in our pockets, trying to at least do something to shrink the regulatory power of government, and putting judges back on the bench that are going to respect the Constitution. What the hell are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? The principle. What principles my hmm, fill in the blank? You're not fighting for that. You just don't like Trump. That's it. You just don't just get that's it. You just don't like the guy. Just be honest. We have to set a higher standard. Really? You have to. So let me get this straight. You're going to walk into a boxing match where the liberals walk in there with no gloves on and broken glass attached to their wrist wraps, right? Glued on. And you got your 20 ounce gloves on and you're like, the principles, man. We got to fight. The principles say we got to fight with 20 ounce gloves. He's whipping your butt, dude. He is punching the crap out of you. And you're sitting here debating about the principles? Are you serious? You just hate Trump. Just admit it. What are your principles? Saving lives? Economic freedom? A limited government? The reduced power of the bureaucratic administrative state? I thought those were our principles. What do you think this guy's doing in there? I don't like his Twitter account. I don't care what you like. I don't care anymore. I don't like his personal behavior. He calls people out in the campaign trail. Great. Keep it up. DJT, I don't care one bit. I care about winning. And right now, we are winning on the issues. We've had to deal with rhino fake Republicans forever, selling us out on every issue. We're winning, and winning's got to mean something. Again, new rules. We win, you lose. When you want to return to the old rules of civility, my arms are open and waiting. Until liberals are willing to widely condemn the aggressive, violent behavior by their own side and the media joins in in a chorus against it, the new rules are in effect. We win, you lose, we keep you out of power. 
or we do our best to do it. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-381. Mark Levin. Mark Levin Show, Dan Bongino in for the great one, out of the bullpen, warming up the right arm, which is kind of a joke, because my right arm is so decrepit, my joints are falling apart, I couldn't, I, I bet if, you know when you go to the baseball games, they have the, you know, the uh, the jugs, the radar thing, I bet I couldn't get that thing up to like 60 miles an hour, my elbows are so rotted and decayed, it's disgusting, if you ever see me in public, by the way, I had a guy tell me the other day, he goes, you look like an orangutan with your arms. It's true because my elbows don't, they don't straighten out because I have so many bone spurs. The guy said that to me because you look like an orangutan. I'm like, is that a compliment? I don't know. I don't know. You may be an insult to orangutans. I got, I got like a cement head, you know? <laughs> but yeah, my arms don't straighten out. They're such a train wreck. So I'm actually not coming out of the bullpen. It's the radio bullpen. I won't be throwing any fastballs. I promise you that. All right. In the next hour, I want to dig into this Spygate thing because it's getting uglier and uglier and uglier. But the scandal is finally coming together. All the pieces are fitting. And I've never felt so vindicated in my life. Because six months ago or so, when I and many others, I'm not, I want to be very clear on this, I'm not taking some proprietary credit for this, but when I and many others started suggesting that Donald Trump's team, the campaign team, was in fact set up and framed, the liberals came out in full force. You're a conspiracy theorist. They were losing their minds. You're all crazy. Uh, except for the fact that Pretty much everything we said was right. Now, this Spygate thing is not just one scandal. This is the problem with this. This is why the media, I'm talking about the mainstream media, the liberal, you know, the liberal media, the kooks. The kooks don't understand in the liberal media. They, it's not just one scandal. It's multiple scandals. And they can't, they're having a, they're having a really tough time keeping track of them all. The three scandals are this, and in the next hour, I'm going to go into it and break it down. It's the laundering of information. In other words, nonsense, unverified information about the Trump team that people in power and law enforcement had to know was questionable, that they laundered through different channels to make it appear that multiple people were reporting on it. It was the same info. Second, the spying scandal, government operatives being paid by the government and used by the government to gather information about a political campaign. Third, the biggest scandal of all, which I'll dig in, into some detail in the next hour. Was Donald Trump's team set up the whole time? Who really started this thing? I mean, we were told some Maltese professor talked about dirt on Hillary. Did he really start this? Who was he working for? Why is there a suspicious footnote in a FISA document that seems to indicate he may have been working for someone you might not suspect? All right, I'm Dan Bongino, InfoMarketing. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for the great one. Missed you guys. Been a little while. Back on the show. It's a Monday, too. A lot of you in your cars right now? Six, seven o'clock. You worked a little late in the East Coast. West Coast maybe wrapping up a little early. That's a nice part about being a Mark show, which is, you know, syndicated all over. Talking to people in all kinds of different time zones. All right, let me get right back into it. So the last hour I told you I was going to break down the three separate scandals in the Spygate debacle and why it's important now. Now, today. We had some more kind of, well, it wasn't today, but last week, Devin Nunes appeared on uh, Sean Hannity's radio program, and he gave some fascinating kind of new details about the case. Now, he obviously respected his, his clearance and didn't give away the classified nuggets, but enough information that we've already seen before to kind of guide us in a direction in that interview. And in the interview, he kind of clued us in as to one component of the Spygate scandal. Again, before the break, I told you what the three are. The information laundering, the spying operation, and the setup and framing of the Donald Trump team. They are th- they're, they're all related, but there were three big components of it. We got some information on Friday from Nunes about the information laundering scandal. By the way, before I get to that, I'm sorry. Adam Schiff, by the way, is a, is a complete disgrace to the Congress. Can I just address this for a second? Adam Schiff, this, this Democrat who's an embarrassment to the Hill, an embarrassment to the Congress, Schiff tweets out this morning, this guy has some set on him. I don't know any other way to say it. This is a guy who's on tape. On tape. Adam Schiff talking to what he thinks is a Russian who's connected to Putin about obtaining compromise, compromising material on Donald Trump. Adam Schiff is on tape. You, Anyone listening can go out right now and Google Schiff pranked by Russians, right? He's on tape trying to get information about Trump from what he thinks are Russians connected to Putin. And he cannot stop stop tweeting about this Trump Tower meeting. I mean, this guy's unreal. You can always... Here's what the Democrats do. When a Democrat is trying to hide something, like like Shifty Shift. Shifty! Our buddy Adam Shift. Shifty Shift. What he's, what they will always accuse you of what they did themselves. Schiff is on tape trying to collude with Russians to get compromising material on Trump. Did we all miss this? Adam Schiff, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked there, but it's just, I, again, I don't know what planet we're living on. Hillary Clinton, Trump colluded with the Russians. You paid Russian Kremlin-connected sources... You paid them through a law firm and Fusion GPS, basically laundering the money through multiple sources. You paid for information from the Russians. Are, are these people nuts? They think we're stupid falling for this? Russian collusion is very real. It is. Between Hillary Clinton, Adam Schiff, and the Russians, or what they thought were Russians. It's very real. It just doesn't have anything to do with the Trump team. Okay, on the information laundering scandal, because this is important. Back, sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked there. 
But Nunes said something interesting in that interview Friday on the radio show at Hannity. He said that there are components of the FISA application, the application used to get a warrant to spy on the Trump team. That application is critical because they used it to spy on Carter Page. And the liberal media is, well, Carter Page left the Trump team by that point. Jim Comey has already admitted they were investigating the Trump team. He was the FBI director. But when you get a FISA warrant on someone like Carter Page, they have what's called the two-hop rule. This is important. It'll describe why the information laundering scandal is big in a minute. But the two-hop rule is critical. It allows them to hop from Carter Page, who they were spying on, to people he emailed, to people they emailed, which basically would have covered the entire Trump team. All they needed was an in. They needed a key to open a door to the Trump campaign team's house, and they got into everyone's communications through Carter Page. The fact that he had already left the Trump team is almost entirely irrelevant. They needed an in, and Page was the convenient in for them because the Bureau, the FBI had, had experience with them in the past. Experience where he worked and cooperated in a case to nail some Russian spies in the Buryakov case. He was a cooperator. Now, in order to get that in into the Trump team through Carter Page, they needed information. Remember, the FISA court is not supposed to be a blank check to spy on Americans. You have to walk into a FISA court with, as, a, as, a, as a, uh, a prosecutor and an investigator with information that the subject you want to spy on, don't forget this, that there's probable cause that that person is both a, or acting on behalf of a foreign agent and in violation of U.S. law. Folks, that's critical because a lot of people act on behalf of a foreign agent. There are business people in the United States that act on behalf of foreign entities. There are lobbyists that lobby for foreign governments in the United States all the time. They are not breaking the law unless they do it in violation of U.S. law, which spying would be. They have to walk in there with information that Page was, in fact, acting as a foreign agent in violation of U.S. law. They did not have that. So component one of the three-pronged Spygate candle was an operation by the government to launder the information. Now, I get it. I know the liberal goofballs who love to listen. That's a conspiracy theory. No, this stuff actually happened, okay? The fact that you don't want to do your homework, I have no time for you. You could go to your safe room and play with your crayons. The the, The actual folks who are educated about the case will talk now. You're dismissed. They needed to launder information. Do you understand what I'm getting at? They didn't have probable cause that Carter Page was a spy. They only had the dossier, a series of memos written by a guy paid by the Clinton team to produce political information on the Trump team. That would be laughed out of court. You would be openly mocked in a court for bringing, for daring to bring that into a court. So in order to give the information, the veneer, the patina of respectability, they couldn't walk a political dossier into a court and go, hey, we were spying on our political opponents. Or excuse me, we produced this negative information on our political opponents. They couldn't do that. They'd be laughed out. So they had to run the information 
through multiple channels to get it to the FBI through multiple people to give it the appearance that it was legitimate information. Please tell me you understand what I'm telling you. Because the information laundering operation is a key component of this mega scandal. It is the same piece of information. Let me give you an analogy to make it make sense. Joey Bag of Donuts, whatever he's doing, he has bad information. He just doesn't like his neighbor, and he accuses his neighbor of whatever. He accuses his neighbor of stealing cars. The neighbor's not stealing cars. He just doesn't like his neighbor. Joey Bag of Donuts can't stand him, so he wants to get him in trouble. So Joey B goes to his cop friend and says, hey, my neighbor Bobby is stealing cars. Maybe the cop friend doesn't like Joey, uh, you know, Joey's neighbor, too. So the cop friend says, hey, listen, Joe, I can't walk into court with this information third hand here. You heard it from someone who heard it from someone that Bobby's robbing cars and get him arrested. It's not probable cause. But if you can get some other folks, some surrogates out there to repeat the same information for me, and it's coming from multiple sources, source one, source two, source three, this will look like it's highly credible information because multiple people are talking about it. Great idea. Let me work on that. Do you understand the source of the information is the same guy? It's Joey Bag of Donuts. The negative information on page used to spy on page all came from the same person, Christopher Steele and the dossier. Now, what Nunes brought up on Friday was one of these information superhighways that they used to launder information that, according to at least some hints that were dropped in the interview, was not included in the FISA warrant. When Christopher Steele stopped working for the FBI because he was fired, he was terminated because he'd been talking to the press and he was lying to the FBI about his press contacts. The Department of Justice, Bruce Orr, and his wife, Nellie, who was working for Fusion GPS, scooped him right up. It's the same guy. It's the Joey Bag of Donuts information. So the FBI can no longer use Joey Bag of Donuts information, so Joey just goes to another guy. The information, according to, again, I'm speculating a bit, but based on the research I did for my book with this, I'm reasonably confident that the details of how that information got into a document to spy on page, the fact that it was from a guy in justice, Bruce Orr, whose wife was working for a company paid to gin up negative information on Trump, the fact that those two were it was left out of the FISA warrant or the specific details were left out. Don't you think that's a critical piece of information that we might want to know? That a guy whose wife is working for a company paid to gin up information on Trump are managing a source that's feeding information to the Department of Justice, the same source who was fired by the FBI for lying about his contacts with the press? It was an information laundering operation the whole time. So, portion number one of the scandal. Information laundering on the information superhighway. But there's little subsets of that. Highway number one was Steele to the FBI originally when he was working for him. Steele gets fired. Steele gets fired because he lies about his press contacts. Highway number two to the FBI. Remember, it's the same guy. Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr. It's the same guy feeding the information. Oh, now we got it from them. It's the same stuff. 
Information Superhighway Lane 3. The State Department. I got to take a break. But I'll get into more on that on the other side of this break. How there were multiple lanes of traffic all coming back to the same house. The steel dossier, the fake, phony, spurious dossier shuttled through multiple channels to give it the perception of, re- of, of, of being genuine, not spurious information. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. Mark Levin. Collusion's real, folks. It's real. Like, wow, what does he say? It is real. Hillary's team and Adam Schiff, the Republican congressman, tried to collude with the Russians. In Hillary's case, they did. They paid, quote, Kremlin-connected sources for information. Now they're trying to hide this mega scandal, which I've been talking about for the last 20 minutes or so. It's actually three uh, three separate components of a big scandal. They've been trying to hide it by accusing their opponents of what they did. Hillary's collusion is very real. The felony leaks of information about the Trump investigation and about Mike Flynn, those are very real. There were crimes committed by Democrats and people connected with the Obama White House. Make no mistake. This is three big scandals. Now, I said to you before the break, the information laundering, the use of the dossier through multiple channels, although the information was garbage, nonsense, junk, sending it through uh, the DOJ and the OR connection, sending it through Steele originally in the FBI until the FBI fired him. They also sent this information through the State Department. That, by the way, I debated a liberal on Fox once about this who could not accept the fact that this actually happened. The State Department. Bureaucrats. They have no law enforcement powers at all. I'm not talking about DSS. I'm talking about the bureaucrats. No law enforcement authority at all. State Department bureaucrats. They were running essentially a law enforcement operation, contacting Christopher Steele, again, source zero, as a source, and shuttling the information to the FBI. What the heck was the State Department doing running a potential criminal source? What were they doing running informants? Has anybody asked these basic questions? I was debating Felipe Rinas, one of the more clueless leftists on Fox one time. And he said, that didn't happen. I said, dude, Jonathan Weiner, who worked in the State Department, wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post admitting he had contacted Christopher Steele and brought the information to the FBI. Did you miss that? You know, liberals are always lies. All they do is lie all the time. I mean, they never tell the truth. You know, see the joke, how do you know when the libs are lying? You know, the lips are moving. That's what, They're always lying. They shuttled information. This was a, you know, money laundering? This was information laundering. It was the same bad information that could never be verified by the FBI. Why? Why? Trick question. Because it wasn't true. How am I going to verify that 2 plus 2 equals 7? It, it's not true. You can't verify that. So they figured if they had enough people bringing the same bad 2 plus 2 equals 7 information to the FBI, even though it all started with steel, that eventually the FBI would believe it was real. And they did. These management guys at the Bureau, McCabe, Comey, Stroke, Price Step, somehow they got suckered into this thing. Some of them potentially willingly. 
and they walked the information into a federal court. A a foreign intelligence surveillance court used to prosecute terrorists. This was a sophisticated information laundering operation. They swore in court the information was true. It was not. It was false. Folks, this is just the first prong of this. Again, I wrote an entire book about this. I would be honored and flattered if you would consider picking it up. It's available on pre-order. We just finished it. Um, it's called Spygate. It's on Amazon now. The Attempted Sabotage of Donald Trump. I talk about all these connections. All of them. Go pick it up. You will be blown away. The motives for these people. You know, you may be asking yourself, why? Why such heavy involvement by the United Kingdom in this? Christopher Steele was a former British spy with deep connections inside UK intelligence. Why would they get involved like that? Ladies and gentlemen, the information laundering is a huge component of this. And when those redacted FISA warrants are unredacted, don't be surprised if you see information that was shuttled through the oars where the details of how she, Bruce Orr's wife was working for Fusion GPS are, are basically paved over. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Talk to Mark. We have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. Did you guys play that for me? Or is that like automatic? You're the man. Producer Steve. Mac Daddy tonight behind that microphone back there. I love that one. There is a liberal line here, folks. If you want to call normal folks, 877-381-3811. Looney Libs, we'll leave a line open for you. It's a different line, 877-381-3811. Love that. That's my favorite. What do they call Sounders? Sound? I don't know. I'm not a radio guy. Just come on and do the radio. Someone asked me what it's like to be an author once. I said, I'm not an author. I'm a guy who writes books. No idea. I'm not a radio guy. I'm just a guy on a radio. Big difference. I heard that one time I laughed coming home. I got to be honest, it took me a second to process it too. I'm like, oh yeah, same one. <laughs> Poking fun at the li- I can see, I have a kind of a sense of humor too. I can be self-deprecating. All right, getting back to Spygate, the important stuff. That actually matters. So I told you it's three separate scandals. The last segment I went over the information laundering scandal. How the information they had to spy on the Trump team was garbage. Basura. It was nasty. It stunk like a steaming pile of horse manure. It hadn't been verified. It couldn't be verified. Why? Because it wasn't true. Was not true. It was fake. It was phony information. So in order to give it a veneer of respectability, they sent the same crap information through multiple different people where it wound up on an FBI desk and they were like, wow, we're hearing this from everyone. It must be true. It wasn't. It was false. It was a sophisticated operation to launder information like you would launder money. The second component of the scandal, Spygate, 
again, that there are three important subcomponents to this, is the spying operation. Again, I know there are people out there. I get it. I, I'm, that's great. They, they don't want to get into it or talk about it. And they like, I need evidence. All right. I don't have any time for that. The evidence is everywhere. If you're not interested in the evidence, I don't know. I, don't, I think we have two different definitions of what evidence is. I, mean, I don't know. Me being a former law enforcement officer, I don't know. I understand what evidence is. But there are people who don't get what evidence actually is. The evidence is everywhere. The evidence of the information laundering scandal is all over the place. Fusion GPS actually hired the spouse of a guy who worked in the Justice Department who met with a source the FBI was using to attack Trump that had already been fired by the FBI. That, that's evidence. That's called evidence. On component number two of this, the spying scandal. The Trump team, I'm not going to spend a lot of time because we already know this one, but it's important. The Trump team was spied on. I don't care what the liberal medias want to call it, an undocumented FBI informant. You know, euphemisms is their game. That's what the liberal media and the left does. I, I'm not, I don't care. I'm not interested in them. They're delirious loons. They're about to be humiliated, by the way, when this document is uh, the redacted portions or unredacted of the FISA application. Because remember, they are holding out hope. That, gosh, that information about Carter Page proving he's a Russian spy, it's in the blacked out portions. And then Devin Nunes put out a statement saying, okay, we're requesting that the president unredact it because we know what's in there. And all of a sudden the media was like, shh, we better be quiet. If Nunes wants it released, it's probably bad for us, not him. You think? On the spying operation, we now know, without a doubt, that government assets were spying on the Trump team at the direction of the government. We know the names. We know the name at this point. I'll get to the names in a minute. But the name we know of the individual as well. It was a Central Intelligence Agency asset who had worked with the CIA in the past, who was working at the direction of the government in an effort to contact the Trump team. Again, where are all the liberals who believed in civil liberties? The answer is they're gone. That's why the new rules are in effect. The new rules are in effect because we're fighting a bunch of police staters. By the way, a guy just put on my Facebook, you know, do you listen to the show? I was like, I heard you talk about the new rules and I prefer to to remain civil because civility, I am not interested in attacking other Americans. Did you, are you crazy? Where did you hear that? Are you, are you a loon? Did you even listen to that point? We are God fearing people. I just went over that. That thank God we have an emergency break in our behavior, how it's never, ever appropriate to do it. Did you miss that? I'm talking about the liberal violence on us, how we have to go and win every election we can everywhere. We have to fight back on Twitter, on social media, at town halls, all over the place. Those are the new rules. People don't listen. I'm telling you, they hear what they want to hear. My guess is it's not really a conservative. The guy posted, well, I'm a conservative. I disagree a bit. Uh, the civility, Civil- are you, I mean, uh, civility, civility, that's what really, as, as they throw water on you, steal your hat, attack you, crack up a Marine office and you see the Antifa rally today. I, I don't get, is that what you're going to ask them? If, please be civil as they're punching you in the face. I don't understand. Crazy. Seriously. Some of this stuff is nuts. But component number two of the scandal, government assets were used to spy on a political campaign. No reasonable person doubts that anymore. I said reasonable. I'm not talking about the mainstream media. I'm talking about normal people.
They don't know what they're talking about. These are delirious political operatives who are desperately trying to make this thing go away. By the way, Libs, if you want to call in 877-381-3811 and dispute any of this, again, I wrote a whole book on this. I am ready to roll, babe. Anytime you want to call in and challenge it, I'm more than happy to make you look a fool on the air. Yeah, call anytime. I'll get to some of the other calls, too. Don't worry. You don't have to be only a liberal to call. I promise. We'll give a shot to everybody else, too. I just got a lot to get through. So component number two, I don't have to spend a lot of time on because last time I was on the show, I addressed that. He was obviously, the president's team was obviously spied on. How do you know that? Because we have the emails from the actual spy who emailed Trump team members. That's how. Oh, you missed that? He wasn't spied on. It was a informant. Yeah, what we call a spy. You notice the, the dopey euphemisms game and the, 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 the media, these, these lying rats in the media who do this all the time? He wasn't spied on. Trump's lying. He was. Did, can you read? They have the emails from the spy. Who, by the way, may have been the worst spy in American history. If he wasn't trying to get caught, he did a really terrible job. Let me ask you something, folks, just common sense here for a moment. You're going to spy on a political campaign at the direction of the U.S. government. You leave an email trail behind trying to reach out to everybody inside the campaign. This guy was really stupid. I mean, when it comes to tradecraft, this is some of the worst tradecraft we've ever seen in American history. We have this guy stroke. The lead investigator, this guy worked his way up to uh, the deputy uh, deputy assistant director level, whatever it was, of the FBI. And the guy's texting on an open phone about how much he hates Trump and, and, and very serious information about the investigation. This was the guy investigating Trump. You know, I worked with a lot of bureau guys. They were very talented. But clearly this guy escaped. And so did the other one, the spy. He's emailing the whole Trump team. He should have put in an email like a little boilerplate. I am working for the U.S. government on behalf of the Obama administration to spy on the Trump team. Checkbox here to acknowledge. Like that new European, like cookies law or something. I mean, seriously, this guy was the worst spy ever. Hey, reach out. I need some information on behalf of the government so I can spy on you. Hey, wait, what? And liberals, he wasn't spied on. He wasn't spied. We have the emails. Can you read? Seriously. Do we have to sing the alphabet to you? Do we have to Do we have to sing the Hey Mr. Producer, do you watch uh, the Teen Titans show ever? It's a fu- it's the funniest show ever. Do you ever shrimps and prime rib? Shrimps and prime rib. Do we have to sing the shrimps and prime rib song and put the alphabet in to teach you how to read? My gosh, I love that song. Google that. It's funny. Shrimps and prime rib. What is wrong with you? All right. I wanted to get past the spy thing, but I, I, was, I, I just can't get over how really how dopey some people are. He wasn't spied on. We have the emails from the spy. I want to spend some time. On scandal number three. So just to rehash quickly, scandal number one of the Spygate debacle. An effort to launder information through multiple channels. The same information to make it seem respectable. It wasn't. It was unverified garbage information used to spy on the Trump team. Scandal number two. When that broke down, they used human assets, informants, spies, 
who emailed the Trump team. We have the records of it to try to get information from the Trump team. But the real question and the mega scandal of the mega scandal is fork number three in this operation. Was this a setup the whole time? We're going to spend a little time digging into this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, have you happened to notice that almost every player in this scandal that tried to or made contact successfully with the Trump team was not connected to Russians, but was connected to either the Clinton campaign or the U.S. government? Process what I'm telling you for a second here. This entire Russian collusion hoax is, is built on a bedrock of Donald Trump made contact in his, or his team with Russians in an effort to collude to win an election and get the DNC hacked emails out. That's the scandal. In order for that scandal to be true, Please understand that a key component of it, therefore, has to be true using simple logic. That at some point, Donald Trump had to make contact with Russians who were interested in attacking the election and giving them information about the DNC emails. But what if I told you that the people they made contact with were not connected to Russians but they were connected to Russians connected to the Clinton team. Scramble the eggs a little bit, bake the bagels, stir that soup. Folks, in the next segment, in the next hour, I'm going to lay out for you an interesting footnote in the FISA. I got a hat tip Margot Cleveland here at the Federalist who found this. I missed this when I first saw it. Shame on me. She found a footnote in the Pfizer renewal, and after a very specific time period, that could be potentially damning and could lead a reasonable observer understanding the facts of the case to believe that the FBI may be hiding something awfully serious here. Now, you may say, what else could they be hiding? An information laundering operation? A spying operation? They may be hiding the fact that the Trump team was set up from the beginning. This was a scam from the start. I'll explain more on the other side of this break. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino. InfoMark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter. Info Mark Levin. Hey, by the way, if you are not watching Mark's show on the Fox News Channel, Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Fox News Channel, Life, Liberty, and Levin, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. It is the best unparalleled, no question about it, long-form interview show out there now. Mark has a way. I did the show one time. It was awesome. Loved it. Uh, he had Rick Harrison on. From uh, Pawn Stars. Pawn this week. It was awesome. P-A-W-N. It was pretty awesome. If you missed it, go check it out. Go set your DVR. Mark Levin. Life, Liberty, and Levin. 10 p.m. Sunday nights. You don't want to miss it. His shows have been epic lately. The Andy McCarthy show. David Limbaugh show when they were on. 
my show. Can I say that? Self-praise things. But I liked my show. I thought it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to say that. My aunt used to tell me that. Daniel, self-praise things. It does. But Mark's a great interviewer. Joe DeGeneva was on with me. So go check it out. Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Sunday nights on the Fox News Channel. It's doing crazy ratings numbers. It's for a reason. Um, okay, uh, let me take a call here. Let me, I've uh, been holding for a while. Let's go to Arietta from Crossville, Tennessee. Am I saying that right? Rietta. Rietta. Okay, Rietta, <laughs> thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. What do you got for us? Well, it was something that you stated earlier, uh, and... I am 60 years old. My father was in the Navy, and my mother was both, they were both very politically active, but uh, something that they seem to have forgotten in the military, when you're in the military, you can't talk bad about the president. You can get court-martialed for that. And so Daddy did his job, and Mother went, and picketed things that needed to be picketed. And they taught me. I had wonderful uh, American-loving parents. They were great in every other way also, but they taught us to know who we were voting for. And I, I don't think that it's, what's going on can't be... Uh, a word put to it. I'm just not sure what the word is. Uh, Mother and Daddy voted Democratic for some elections, and they voted Republican for others. They taught me to know who I was voting for and to vote for the right guy. And uh, Rietta, I think, though, and listen, I'm I'm only 43, so I'm not... not, um, I've only been on the planet for four decades, but I've seen this kind of evolve from when I actively started embedding myself in politics around 16 or so until now where the Democrat Party has left a lot of people. I I know the line is overused, but it's not just that, you know, the people have left the Democrats is that the Democrats have left a lot of people. I'll give you just a quick example. I mean, my, my mother. My mother grew up in a diehard John F. Kennedy, FDR, Democrat household. Matter of fact, the only verbal uh, tiff I ever had with my grandmother, God rest her wonderful soul, was one day I came home from school and uh, we were talking and I took a cheap shot at FDR. And uh, man, did she uh, she didn't like that at all. Well, you but, know, uh, but FDR was 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 listen, you may I, I certainly don't agree with the Keynesian economics. He practiced the big government policies, the stacking of the courts and other stuff. But he, he loved the country. So did JFK. The problem we're having now, Rietta, is this modern brand. And I'm sorry, I can't let you go. I'm up against a heartbreak. That was a great call. I deeply appreciate it. My my apologies. I wanted to make sure I got you in. But the problem we're having now, folks, is the Democrat Party is being hijacked by a group of radical leftists that actively celebrate the fact that they hate this country and everything it stands for. Look at the Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk incident today. Candace is out there going, I love America. I love the cops. What are they screaming back? Shame on you. Shame on you. They're screaming, stop being a white supremacist. She's black. Are you that stupid? Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm Dan Bongino in for Martin. He's here. He's here. Now.
Broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino at the Bongino on Twitter. In for the great one. Always honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate all the good calls so far. If you'd like to call and join the show, 877-381-3811. Let's get right back to it. So the last hour I was talking about Spygate and how it's not just one scandal. It's one scandal segmented into three distinct sub-scandals that are of... Equal importance. That's how big this disaster is for the Democrats. And it's also why the Democrats, who themselves, specific Democrats, are guilty of attempted collusion with the Russians and in Hillary's team's case, actual collusion with Russian connected sources. That's why they keep going with this Russian collusion fairy tale with the Trump team, because you can always peg a Democrat and what they're guilty of by what they're accusing you of. When they accuse you of something, you're a racist. It's usually because they're involved in racist activity themselves. Like today, a bunch of guys attacking Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk, who were out having uh, having breakfast in Philadelphia peacefully, were attacked by a bunch of uh, savage liberal maniacs who decided to do that. But that's what they do. They're accusing the Trump team of collusion because this is what they are guilty of. But you can't understand the big scandal until you understand the smaller sub-scandals that it's... Um, that, comp- that are, this is comprised of. So I, I talked about an hour ago the information laundering scheme, how they laundered information through multiple channels, but it was the same bad information through multiple channels to give it a patina of respectability, to make it appear because it was said often that it was legit. But no matter how many times I tell you that, you know, three plus three equals nine. It doesn't matter. It's false information. It doesn't matter if 10 people tell you or 30 people tell you. The information is, in fact, false. The information in the dossier that they were using from Christopher Steele was garbage. The second, so the first scandal was the effort to launder that information through multiple channels, through the State Department, through the ORs at DOJ, through Steele himself, and not disclosing to the FISA court that Hillary's team had paid for it. This was a sophisticated operation to clean the information. Don't forget that. Number two, the sub-scandal, is the spying operation. The use of government assets, spying assets, informants. It doesn't matter what you call them. They were spies to interact with the Trump team to pull information out. Now, this is important. I love this analogy of the push and pull because I think it makes sense to people. Regular listeners of my show probably heard this before, but it's worth repeating on Mark's show if you haven't heard this analogy before. Government assets, spies, were working to pull information out of the Trump team about their alleged collusion with the Russians. Now you may say to yourself, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what if the information about, quote, colluding with the Russians and the Trump team was pushed into the Trump team by the very same people who were trying to pull it out. The very same investigators and witch hunters. What if they set them up the whole time? You may say, wow, that sounds crazy. Does it? You sure? Do you really know the facts of this case? Because I get this all the time from from jokers like, um, what's his face? I always forget his name. 
Ken something at NBC. It starts with a D. I don't remember his last name. He's a guy has no knowledge of the facts of the case at all. None. And he's constantly tweeting about, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. What, are you not aware of the facts in the case? Because you call something a conspiracy theory because you're too stupid to figure out the facts of the case doesn't make it so. By the way, these are the same conspiracy theorists accusing Trump of Russian collusion with no facts at all to back that up. Don't you find that a little ironic? Again, when they're accusing you of being a conspiracy theorist, it's usually because they're pushing a conspiracy theory. This is what the left does. But think about what I'm telling you here. They employed a spy to pull this information out of the Trump team, to, to query them. Hey, are you guys colluding with the Russians? What do you know about Russia? This is what their asset, their informant did. What if the information about Russia was pushed into the Trump team by the same entities investigating him? That's the key question. That's the scandal. Who pushed the information into the Trump team? Pushing information in would be called, in normal terms, a setup. They were framed. You may say, well, what leads you to believe that? Well, I've been on this for about four or five months now. And the interesting case of this Maltese professor, Joseph Massoud. This whole case about the Trump team allegedly having information about Russian dirt on Hillary. This whole thing. Do you understand this entire thing starts with one guy? It starts with this Maltese professor who meets with Papadopoulos, who's working for the Trump team. This Maltese professor meets with him in April. And he says to him, according to the allegations and multiple reports out there, he says to him, hey, the Russians may have dirt on Hillary or something. He mentions dirt. He doesn't mention emails. Listen to me, please. He doesn't mention emails. He doesn't mention emails. Why is that important? Because the entire case, the Democrats, the liberal media, and the swamp rats have tried to make against the Trump team is that someone told the Trump team about a bunch of hacked DNC emails. When Mifsud meets with Papadopoulos and talks about dirt, he doesn't mention emails, and nobody knows about the DNC hack yet because it's not public. You may say, well, that's additional proof that this guy was probably some Russian asset who was pushing this information onto the Trump team. And the Trump team willingly accepted it, so we should have had a spy trying to figure out what's going on. Was he? Was Mifsud a Russian asset? You sure about that? Because if you do a basic Google search on Joseph Mifsud... You find out that some of his best friends, who, by the way, he's no one's. I'm not, listen, I'm not alleging that the guy is uh, past or anything. I'm not talking. This isn't like conspiracy TV here. But Joseph Massoud was interviewed by the FBI in February of 2017. Massoud hasn't been heard from again publicly. He's out there. We just don't know where he is. Why? Now, his friends. And all the photographs he has, basically the imagery, if you just do a basic Google search, I'm not talking about any advanced investigative tactics. His friends allege that he is a Western intelligence source. Western? He's connected to our guys? 
Wait, what? I thought this was a Russian collusion scandal. Is it? You sure? Because when you look at his pictures on Google, he always seems to be near UK intelligence assets, UK people. Oh, and by the way, he was invited to an event to speak in February, an event being held in conjunction with people from the U.S. State Department. Wait, what? So what you're telling me, and let me get this straight, kooky Looney Tunes liberals, that a Russian asset in April of 2016, 2016, met with a member of the Trump team to say he had dirt on the Hillary team. You're then telling me that the State Department was at a conference in February, this um, this Global Ties conference, that they cleared him to come into the United States to speak at this conference in February? Oh, and he meets with the FBI then too, never to be seen again after that. Poof. Like Ren and Stimpy with the land of the left socks, right? Where they go, nobody knows. Nobody sees or hears from him again. Wow. Isn't that crazy? The State Department let a Russian spy into the United States to speak at an event they were working with the, with the, uh, the organizers of the event on, and then he meets with the FBI, and his friends say he's a Western intelligence asset, but uh, uh, the liberals think he's a Russian spy. How it? Nobody else thinks that. Where did you get that information? Now, I haven't gotten to the footnote. I didn't forget that. But I have to set you up with the backstory so you understand how crazy this entire story is that this is clearly a case of Democrat media collusion. There's no Russian collusion on Trump. This was a setup. The FBI interviews him in February of 2017. Again, a guy who's supposed to be a Russian asset. The State Department lets him in the country. We don't see him again. But in the FISA application that they have to re-up again, because it has to be re-upped every 90 days, an interesting footnote appears. And if you read Margot Cleveland's piece at The Federalist, you can read it yourself after this interview, where the FBI is asking for a waiver from Freedom of Information Act requests In order to do what? In other words, they don't want to disclose information to the public due to Freedom of Information Act requests. They need to protect the source. Who's that source? I thought Mifsud was a Russian agent working with the Trump team. Is he working with you guys? Who are you protecting? How come you interviewed him in February? Why did you even let him in the country? And if he's a Russian asset who had dirt on Hillary, why isn't he under arrest? Why'd you let him go? Where is he? Why can't we find him? Why isn't anybody interviewing this guy? He's the key to the whole case. Why? Read my new book, Spygate. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out as they say down south. Right quick. I'm a I'm a I'm a New Yorker and a Marylander moved down south. So I'm a I'm an honorary Southerner, I think. I don't do the right quick that well. But gosh, they got it down straight down here. That's why I moved down here. Mifsud was a Russian asset. Hmm? You sure about that? His friends say he was a Western intelligence asset. His pictures online show numerous photos with Western intelligence, United Kingdom intelligence assets. 
The FBI interviews him almost a year later. We don't see him again, and the State Department allows him into the country. And in a subsequent FISA application, they talk about protecting a valuable source. Wow. How about that? How about that? Isn't that special? Now you see why scandal number three. Was the Trump team framed the whole time? Did someone in the United States government or an intelligence partner of ours push that information into the Trump team and ask him to say that? Man, I got to take a break. I'll get into more of this on the other side of the break. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark. Mark Lovin. Show Dan Bongino in for the great one. Like we say, always tough to fill in for a dude they nicknamed the great one, right? See, Rich is in it, so I don't, I, you know, Rich hates that, sir, because I say it all the time. Do it right enough. Who gave him that nickname? Was that Hannity who gave him that nickname, the great one? It was, right? Yeah, I figured that. That sounds like a Hannity. He is the Radio Hall of Famer. That's right. Hall of Fame. All right, uh, I want to take a few calls. If you want to call in, 877-381-3811. Liberals, you're always welcome to call 877-381-3811. Challenge me on anything you'd like more than happy uh, to make you look silly on the air with your ridiculous Russian collusion conspiracy theories. But this is important. We were talking about before the break the third prong of the Spygate disaster, which is, was this a setup the whole time? And I said to you that an interesting footnote appeared in a FISA application about the FBI looking to protect the source. Who's that source? Is there another source? Because I thought this whole thing started with this Mifsud guy meeting with Papadopoulos telling him about Russian dirt. What if that Mifsud guy was connected to Western intelligence, not the Russians? Why did he say that? Who told him to say that? Did someone instruct him? Hey, go find a Trump team guy. Tell him about Russian dirt on Hillary. Don't worry. We'll get another spy later to ask him about the information and make them look guilty. What source are you protecting? Why did the FBI interview this guy? In February of 2017. Folks, the players connected to this. Please understand this. The players connected to this alleged Russian collusion between the Trump team are connected to the United States government, Western intelligence, and people hired by the Clinton campaign. That's just a simple fact. When you do your homework on the case and you look at the connections of these people, they all go back. To, they don't go back to the Russians. They go back to Hillary. Hillary's team, Fusion GPS, and intelligence agency assets... From Western intelligence. Is that what they're hiding the whole time? Is that why Devin Nunes keeps asking for this fourth FISA to be released? The fourth FISA. They keep asking for this, excuse me, not to be released, to, portions of it to be unredacted. What is in there? Is that going to expose that this was a setup the whole time? The information's not looking good right now, folks. The meeting, the Trump Tower meeting, which Trump already acknowledged 
was an effort uh, b- f- by this guy to give uh, information on Trump Jr. They already acknowledged this uh, about Hillary. They never, there was no information passed. Listen, I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because until the media starts caring about Hillary paying for information from Russian Kremlin-connected sources to use in a court and weaponize in an information laundering operation, until they care about that, I am not going, well, we need to set standards. What standards? You already weaponized the government. I'm supposed to care about a meeting where no information was exchanged at all. However bad of an idea it was, I acknowledge that. Granted, I've said it a thousand times. But was not illegal. We're all supposed to be upset about this while Hillary and her team get a free pass for actually paying Kremlin-connected sources for information to use in a U.S. court against their political opponent. Please explain to me how that's rational. I'm going to get into who showed up at this meeting in a minute after the break to show you that even the meeting is a Hillary scandal, not a Trump Jr. or Trump scandal. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. You want to give us a call? 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. Talking about this scam, scheme, fairy tale, X-Files conspiracy theory, Russian collusion hoax that so many liberals have been suckered by willingly. They haven't even been suckered. They love it. They, I, they think most of them know it's not true. They just don't care. By the way, there's a caller up on the board asking why Trump doesn't do anything. I'll, I'll tr- Edith, hang out there. I'll try to get to you in a minute. But just quickly here. They are doing something about it. Nobody cares about this Russian collusion hoax other than the Democrats. Did you see the poll numbers on it? What is it? 1% of Americans think that Russia is the most important issue that they should address right now? 1%. For liberals who can't do math, that's one out of 100. Less than 1%. Who knows? Could be one out of 1,000. Could be zero, 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 one percent Sheesh, who knows? Why isn't Trump doing anything about it, folks? I think the answer is Trump knows he didn't do anything wrong. I think he's allowing them, allowing them to, to bathe in their own mud, knowing that this is not going to end well for them electorally. Nobody cares about this. Liberals have no agenda other than Russian collusion. They need it, though. You may say to yourself, well, okay, liberals are usually smarter than that. Why are liberals so focused on Russian collusion if they know it's a public relations loser for them and they know it's not going to help them win elections? Because, folks, liberals, the Democrats, the Clinton team, and the people they conspired with are guilty of collusion. They have to keep this myth fairy tale up. Now, I said to you before the break, I talk about the the infamous Trump Tower meeting they're talking about now. Ladies and gentlemen, this meeting is devastating to the Clinton team. How is that? They met with Trump Jr. Then, Folks, this is absolutely devastating because I've told you there were three components to this. 
They laundered information that was fake to make it look real. They spied on the Trump team. But third, I believe this was a setup the entire time. This was a sting operation run against the Trump team. There was never Russian collusion. There were only myths about Russian collusion pushed into the Trump team orbit to pull out later to make them look like they colluded with the Russians. The Trump team, the Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. How does this how does this fit in? Folks, who showed up for that meeting? I know the names. Do you? There was a Russian lawyer. Oh, my gosh, a Russian lawyer. Her name was Veselnitskaya, Natalia Veselnitskaya. That Russian lawyer met with who, both before and after the meeting, and who wrote the talking points for that meeting? Oh, Fusion GPS, how about that? Fusion GPS, why does that name ring a bell? Oh, because they were working for Hillary Clinton? So what you're telling me is a Russian lawyer working with a company paid by Hillary Clinton to gin up negative information on the Trumps, showed up at the meeting, and this is supposed to reflect poorly on the Trump team. Come again? Who else showed up? Guy by the name of Renat Akhmetshin, who was connected to Russian intelligence. Oh, surely, surely this is evidence of collusion. Surely. You know his lawyer? Runs in the Clinton circle. The Russian intel guy who's already is already on the record in public reporting as not liking Donald Trump and supporting Hillary. His lawyer is connected to the entire Clinton orbit. So let's see. Number one person showing up is a Russian lawyer. By the name of Veselinskaya, who is working with a company paid for by Hillary Clinton, the same company who wrote the talking points for the meeting. Number two guy is a guy connected to Russian, Russian intel whose lawyer is a Clinton close circle uh, uh, lawyer working in that orbit who doesn't like Donald Trump. Third guy, translator who worked for the State Department while Hillary was there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you putting two and two together? This reflects poorly on the Clinton team and their connections to everybody trying to put a negative information and meetings that look suspicious into the Trump team. No information, negative information about Hillary Clinton. Uh, any Nothing of this email scandal was exchanged during that. There's some stuff about taxes and things like that, but it's nobody understood what they were talking about and they moved on. And they want to talk about Russian adoption. Was the meeting a bad idea? In retrospect, nobody would disagree with that, me included. I don't think you'd hear a different answer from the Trump team either. But let's not play games here, folks. The people who showed up to this meeting were connected to people in the Clinton orbit. This is a setup. This was always a setup. You're getting duped. You're getting scammed. This is a big scheme. All right, let me take a call here. Uh, let's go to Edith, being that I mentioned her, and I said I would get to her. Edith in Jacksonville, one of the greatest cities in the USA, Florida. How are you, Edith? What do you got for us? I'm just fine, Dan. I have two questions. Right. Number one, is it true that Jeff Sessions is able to unrecuse himself? 
And number two, with all this information that you have and others have, why do you think President Trump doesn't appoint his own special counsel and go after these people instead of waiting for them to hang themselves? I'll hang up and listen to you. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you, Edith. Wow. Mr. Call Screener, is that was like the ideal caller, right? It's like puts it out quick, succinct, boom, right to the point. I got two bullets. I'll hang up and listen to you. Darn, that was good, Edith. Big time hat tip to call or Edith from Jacksonville, Florida. All right, let me hit the second one because on the session's recusal, he won't. Uh, he's not going to unrecuse himself. So I'll hit the second one. Why isn't Trump taking action on this? They are. The United States Attorney John Huber was appointed to look into the Hillary Clinton email scandal and all the DOJ misfeasance or potential malfeasance in the case. They, things are happening right now in the Department of Justice. They are, Granted, they are happening at a glacial pace. I am not happy with the pace of it, but there are things happening. There are, should more be happening? It depends. It's going to be based on the evidence, unlike our liberal police state tyrant friends. Um, I actually believe in evidence and prosecuting people based on evidence when it's there. Uh, unfortunately, it's not happening on the time scale we'd like. I'm not apologizing for that. The recusal was an awful decision. I wish he wouldn't have done it. Um, but it is what it is, and that's what we're dealing with right now. Why can't Trump take action, though? He is. He can declassify this stuff at will. But let me ask you a question. Edith's not on the phone anymore, but in the audience, you can all answer for, for Edith here. Why would he? Folks, one thing about Trump where he is chronically underestimated, I've noticed this with Trump repeatedly. And I, let me take that back. I've noticed this with Trump's opponents. They chronically underestimate a guy who has made close to a billion dollars and managed to win the office of the presidency of the United States with zero elected office experience whatsoever. None. Yet the man's ability to tactically strategize and do things is chronically underestimated. They, they do the thing they did with Reagan. Oh, he's just some happy idiot in the office. Are you sure? Why would he move any faster on this Russia thing, on declassifying the information? Well, if you were listening before, you probably figured this out. The answer I'm going to give you now, I think, is pretty straightforward. There's no there there, folks. There's nothing there. You have an investigation started by the FBI while Jim Comey was the director. Jim Comey's the FBI, the inf at the head of the FBI, the information they based it on. Jim Comey is on the record saying it's salacious and unverified. Put yourself in Trump's shoes here, right? You're being investigated for a crime, and the head of the police department that's investigating it says the information is salacious and unverified. Even worse, the number two in that department, in this case, Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, who, by the way, has already been referred out for criminal investigation. The number two at the FBI tells people up on the Hill in an under oath hearing that the dossier used to spy on the Trump team was the central component of the information they had and that the investigation basically wouldn't exist as it was without the dossier. So they have crap information to start. The crap information was the bulk of the information, according to number two. The number three, Bill Prystep in the case, who's running the division investigating the case, when asked about it, again, up on the hill, under oath, says, well, we weren't really verifying the information. The process was in its infancy. We weren't done verifying it. So now you have crap information, according to Comey, 
The crap is all they had, according to McCabe. The crap was at the infancy stages of being verified. And then you have the lead investigator in the case, Peter Stroke, texting his girlfriend at the time that the Donald Trump investigation, quote, there was no there there. So let's just reiterate why what this I'm answering your question, why Trump is in no rush whatsoever for this to go away, because it's making the Democrats look like the imbeciles they are. There is nothing there. Crap info. All they had was the crap. The crap wasn't verified and the crap. There was no there there for the crap. If Trump did something wrong, if somebody's got nothing to hide. I think he's playing these idiots for the fools they are. And these media people, too, who are setting themselves up for to be the biggest conspiracy theorists in modern American history. They have been selling you a collusion fairy tale for two years now. Almost two years. That is, there's nothing there. He's playing them like fools. There is no way he doesn't declassify this thing right now. Otherwise, he's holding back the information, I believe, because number one, he doesn't want, he, he doesn't want to seem like he's getting involved. That's all of it, by the way. I'm talking, but there are significant portions I think he should redact and will. But the whole thing, because he doesn't want to seem like he's interfering, number one. And number two, he's watching these idiots run around chasing themselves in a circle. There's nothing there. There's no there there. Trump's not worried about this. The Democrats should be worried, however. The Democrats should be very worried. Matter of fact, the Democrats, listen, you've got some significant, the Democrats involved in this. In the spying scandal, the information laundering scandal, and the setup and framing of the Donald Trump team. Oh, you got a lot to worry about. There are a lot of Democrats up on Capitol Hill who will not be left unscathed by this when all this comes out. And you can figure out who they are based on the vitriolic response to Trump on their Twitter accounts. There's a reason they respond the way they do. All right, got to take a break. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. You want to give us a call? 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Mark Levin show. This is a producer and I were talking to you about food. You know, at the end of the show, if you if you listen to me regularly fill in here for the great one, which I love, I always get hungry at the end of the show. He's like, what are you eating? A chicken sandwich? That's usually what I eat. I'm like, no, no, today it's a whole chicken. I was reminded of that Joe Pesci scene in Goodfellas. I got a leg. I got an arm. I got a wing. <laughs> I need a. I need something. Someone throw me a chicken bone right now. Oh, I'm starving. All right, let me take a caller, and then we'll, uh, as they say, we'll land this plane. I love that line. Let's go to GR in Studio City, California. GR, what do you got for us, man? What do you like, the leg or the wing? Uh, Uh, Listen, I like them both. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your service to the city of New York. Thank you for your Secret Service service. Uh, I just want to say in 2016, if you looked at my Facebook posts, I looked like a member. I sounded like a member of Antifa. Everything hashtag resist. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this it's is a good call. I'm digging it. Why, why the transformation? Because then I saw what the resistance was, and I saw Antifa destroying cities and, and beating people up, and I saw the press lose its mind. They propped him up as a Pied Piper scheme, and it backfired on him, and now they've been acting like insane ninnies. I can't even get – I can't even critique the administration 
you know, like you would any administration, because I have this wall of insanity of the media, and I have Antifa in the streets. Everyone's just lost their minds, and I'm like, well, I don't want this. I want to get back to what you were talking about, where you play poker with your buddies, you disagree about stuff, and then you got back. They have just lost their minds, and yeah. I just want to let you know, Gr. It's an honor to talk to you, and I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. As a matter of fact, Mr. Callstreet, a good job. He's like, no, you got to take this call. This is a really good one, and I just remember. Not to you know step on your call. I'm, stay, don't don't hang up. But I just remember being a Secret Service agent for Obama, and obviously the people I worked with, the White House staff, were all you know Obama liberals. I mean that's you know nothing shocking there. They worked for President. Of course, they're going to be loyal to him. And I, I was friends with them. I mean, we we would you know after the trips we would hang out, we'd have dinner together, and we'd we'd argue about stuff. And but we never it was never personal. Like I just don't. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not trying to like virtue signal. I just really liked them personally. I just didn't like the radio. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to say his name because he, you know, one of them was used to, when I decided to run for office, gave me some great political advice. He's like, hey, listen, here's what I learned in politics. It was never personal. And I just never understood this lurch to the left towards violence and confrontation. I mean, do you think they're going to, con- do they really believe they're going to convince people that, you know, we're, look, we have the better ideas or we're going to beat you to, Beat you to snot if you don't believe us. What's the strategy? Did we lose him? I was in Brooklyn, New York, and I was an out Republican by the time I was 23 because that was the first huge wave of political correctness, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And I had arguments with people. I was, you know, a working-class guy in Brooklyn, but there was never a fight. You know, there was some heated arguments, but never a fight, and people know my positions. I flipped to the Democrats after the Bush administration and Abu Ghraib and things like that, but this is just, you know— this is just beyond the pale, and the things they're doing and employing, and they, they have our kids in universities indoctrinated, they have Hollywood, they have the mainstream media, and they try to say that we're the ones that are abusing power. Well, they are GR, power. I got to run, my friend, but really, you are welcome here. Thank you for the call. This is one of the most refreshing calls I've had to end the show. Good job, Mr. Call Screener, getting him on the air. Good job, GR. Thank you. You are welcome here anytime. And listen, if you have disagreements with us, call the show. I just like to... Uh, you know, when the liberals call, I like this, you know, ideologically make them look silly a little bit. But, GR, you're welcome here anytime. Thanks for the call. That was great. All right, folks. It's been a, an incredible show. We talked in the beginning about the new rules. Let's kind of recap it a bit. The new rules. We win, you lose. Those are the rules now. Okay? New rules. The Spygate. The three separate scandals in Spygate. They laundered information. They got a, U, a spy, an intelligence asset, to spy on a political operation. And finally, was this a setup the whole time? Folks, you can find all this out, all these answers and all the connections if you check out my new book. Again, I appreciate the opportunity. Mark's been very gracious in allowing me to promote my book. It is available on Amazon now. It's already a mega bestseller. Um, It is available for pre-order on Amazon. The book is called Spygate, The Attempted Sabotage of Donald Trump. If anything I talked about in the last hour interests you, it is all in the book. The players, how they did it, how they tried to pull it off, how they tried to cover their tracks. It is an explosive book, and it covers something you haven't heard before, which I can't disclose until it comes out, but the motive. You read the book, you're going to find out a really amazing revelation about why they picked the people they picked with to work with. Go pick it up, Spygate. Thanks a lot, folks. Appreciate your time. See you soon.